Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Flow Racing is the home of grassroots racing with over 1,300 races streaming live in 2021. Watch the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl, World 100, and much, much more. From sprint cars on dirt to SK Modifieds on pavement and everything in between, it's here live and on demand. Subscribe today by going to flowracing.com slash MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash MRN. This is MRN Crew Call, brought to you by Hercules Tires. One of my mentors in the sport is the great Ken Squire. He's a founder of MRN. Of course, uh, I grew up listening to Ken Squire on CBS called the Daytona 500. And one of Ken's mantras in talking about NASCAR racing, it's common men and women doing uncommon things. And when you think about it, there's a lot of that can be stated about the amazing talent of the drivers. But there's also a lot of that that can be stated about the men and women who work on race cars. I'm Steve Post, pit road reporter for Motor Racing Network, and this is Crew Call, presented by Hercules Tires, Ride on Our Strength. A common man, a kid from Livonia, New York, whose family owned a salvage yard, has made it to the top of the NASCAR world, winning a Cup Series race this year, and uh, crew chiefing a very famous car. That kid is Ryan Rudy Fugel. That car is the 24 car at Hendrick Motorsports, and he is the crew chief for William Byron over there. And Rudy grew up working in a salvage yard for his family business in Livonia, New York, transferred his college education to the University of North Carolina here in Charlotte, climbed the ladder here in NASCAR, and now finds himself atop that ladder at Hendrick Motorsports. And it is an amazing journey, that's for sure. Lots and lots of wins, lots and lots of struggles and challenges, and lots and lots of hard work as Rudy Fugel, 36-year-old crew chief for William Byron at Hendrick Motorsports, and he joins us on Crew Call. Napa! Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Napa! The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Crew Call continues on here on the Motor Racing Network. Joining us from over at Hendrick Motorsports is Ryan Rudy Fugel. Hey, Rudy, welcome into Crew Call. Hey, Postman. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. We like to go in the garage and uh, 
some of the visits that we have, like uh, say on pit road at Nashville, like you and I just sitting on the wall, uh, that's kind of what crew call is to just kind of share a little bit about uh, the day and the life and uh, the, 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 the wonderful folks in the garage. My first question for you is where did the nickname Rudy come from? Um, I came from a long time ago when I first started trying to get into uh onto the big NASCAR team. So Bruce Cook, um, who was a longtime car chief and crew chief even, and he's still around the garage some, um, nicknamed me that. And um, it stuck since about 2006, 2005, 2006. So that's that's it. That's crazy, Bruce Cook, man. He's, man, there, there, there's a guy who knows, there's a guy who's been around the horn and knows a lot about racing, isn't it? That's right, yep, yep. That's one of the first guys I learned a lot from and worked with, yep. Yeah, yeah, Bruce is great. He used to, we used to do NASCAR Performance Live, our radio program, which is kind of what Crew Call is. And Bruce was one of our guests on there. He was winning races and stuff and uh, always loved hanging out with him. I spent some time with him at Phoenix this year. He had an ARCA car out there that made it a half a lap. And, uh, you know, he's just, <laughs> yeah. just one of those really, really good guys. Rudy, um, you started, you, you, you grew up working in the family salvage yard in Livonia, New York, which is just outside of Rochester. Um, obviously, I think that's your passion for cars came from. Where did your passion for racing cars come from? Yeah, I think um, I just always was, was watching and, and trying to do something a little bit cooler than just uh, cutting old cars up and taking engines out. So obviously, you know, like you said, the passion for cars comes from there, but um, you work hard from a very young age of, of doing that and getting greasy and, and all that, which is, which is good hard work, but it's also, you think about doing something a little bit more fun um, and a little bit more, uh, you get a little more adrenaline flow by, you know, the competition side of things. So um, I played a lot of stick and ball sports, you know, kind of growing up and just wanted to uh, scratch that competitive itch while still, uh, you know, working on cars. So that's uh, led to this. Well, yeah. And now my understanding is you did race a little bit as a driver, but you, you kind of found your niche working on a buddy's dirt modified. Is that true? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so I, I, I was kind of messing around uh, working on their cars, their dirt cars. I was ended up at Canandaigua Speedway most every Saturday night. Um, and I couldn't afford to race anything that big. Yeah, my, my dad didn't really want me racing, just thought it was maybe a money pit, which he's not totally wrong. But um, so I, I was able to purchase a uh, 600 micro sprint. So that was the first first car I raced. Um, so I was kind of learning how to drive and work on that car. And then working on the same group of guys also had a, a sportsman dirt modified that we'd go race and, and work on a little bit too. So um, not a ton of years, probably a couple of years, um, two years in New York did that um, before I came to, uh, to UNC Charlotte and went engineering school and was working on ARCA cars while I was going to school and then got the job at uh, Robert Yates Racing. It all started and gone from there. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. I love, uh, I grew up with the Dirt Modifieds. I actually wrote for a racing paper up there, Gator Racing News, out yep. of Syracuse, New York. I was a columnist there. And Canandaigua, I was, I was from south of Binghamton. And okay. so Canandaigua, with the Finger Lakes in there, that was one of the tracks that was tough to get to. You know, I could get right north to Weedsport or Brewerton or Rolling Wheels, but yep. Canandaigua, I had to go wind through the lake country. So I got there a few times, loved it up there, but, uh, but neat stuff. And Boy, I'm telling you, I don't know if you follow along with a bunch of that dirt modified world, man, there is some passionate, hardcore in your face racers up there, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. No, it's, um, it's really cool. You know, I grew up um, cheering on the Johnson, you know, Danny Johnson, Alan Johnson and, and um, AC Speed World was in Avon, New York, which is literally like 
three miles down the road from my house. So I kind of go by and, and look at that. It was bigger, you know, way bigger place and complex. So, uh, you know, the, the sweeteners uh, guys ran out of there. Um, uh, so Tim McCready ran out of there and, and Vic Coffee and a bunch of guys that were, uh, you know, one of the biggest modified, big block modified teams in the, that was going on right there was in a little town called Avon, New York. And that Sweeteners Plus was right in Livonia, uh, where I was from. So there was, there was a lot of little, you know, places you go cheer for those guys and, and uh, you know, just feeds that racing itch. Yeah, boy, that connection there and the Sweeteners Plus team, man, they, they won a lot of big races, that's for sure. So, so neat stuff. So you, 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 you leave New York State, you come down here. Really, it sounds like this was the mission all along with a mechanical engineering degree. It, it sounds like you were on task with what you were looking to do. Was, with, when did the light come on that that's kind of the direction that you wanted to go with this thing? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes to, you know, some guys uh, in, that was driving, you know, Ryan Newman had a mechanical engineering degree and, and you, you, all this was happening about the same time I was graduating high school and you start hearing more about that kind of stuff. So you're like, oh, okay, maybe I can, maybe this will help me get into racing um, and, and, and advance my, you know, um, how you move up the ladder maybe and, and learn. And, um, and so that, that's what really kind of fed the direction to go into engineering. You know, I kind of, I like the design thoughts. I kind of thought maybe I'd like to design cars maybe in Michigan, but it's like, if you think about it and you talk to more people, that's, there's probably 15 or 20 of those type of people. And then, so he loved racing. And so it seemed like this was the way to go. So I came down here and just put the hard work in and um, worked on as a mechanic and a tire guy and whatever I could do to learn the cars and, and get the engineering degree at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those uh, 15, 20 year overnight success stories, you know, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. the amount of the amount of work that goes into it, Robert Yates racing, Jermaine racing, and then really seemed to hit your stride. Uh, when you got at Kyle Busch Motorsports, um, what was it about? Is it was it you know your experience? Of course, the resources Kyle had there, the driver lineup. What was it at that point that really did did and it just did it just start to all come together and click at that point? Yeah, I think so. I, I just had some really good experiences beforehand um, from working with different crew chiefs um, and different drivers, young drivers, and and how all those things work, whether it was at Robert Yates Racing or Jermaine Racing, and and it just wasn't all going to click at the same time. But I got to learn with you know work with the Hillmans at Jermaine Racing and learn a lot from Big Mike Hillman and and even Mike Junior. And, and those guys' wealth of knowledge is 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 incredible. So got some information out of them, and and then you just pair. Th- the trucks that we had at, at, at Kyle Busch, um, a lot of the experience I had. And then we started feeding in the young drivers. And I was, I was, I, I think, I still think I'm fairly young, but then I was really young and uh, was able to relate to them pretty well. And we were able to, I think, I think I was able to um, help teach them the ranks. You know, nobody was really winning as a 16 year old back then. You know, it wasn't happening all the time. So Eric Jones was the first one. And, and I was able to relate to a 16 year old, I think, better than than a lot of the um, more older veteran crew chiefs. And I think that's where I kind of fit my niche um, is, is how to get those guys prepared quickly. And, uh, and we started having those successes. And, and then we had lots of success with other young guys that were 16, 17, 18 years old. And, um, and obviously when Kyle gets in your truck, it's, it's easier to win, but you, you kind of, it, it just all started working and learned a lot. And um, you kind of, I guess, made a name for myself. Gosh, it's funny. I just, we started this and you mentioned Bruce Cook and then you mentioned Mike Hillman. There's another, my gosh, big Mike Hillman. Yeah. I think he knows everybody in the garage area. And if there's a man in our sport that's seen it all, he's the man that's seen it all. I mean, that guy's amazing. 
you said it. You said it. he's been around forever, done everything, been everywhere, top of the mountain, bottom of the mountain, and he just he's a worker, he's smart, and um, knows everybody, and most everybody likes him. Yeah, he just keeps on going. Uh, your Kyle Busch time was incredible. 28 wins. You remain second on the all-time win list with the Truck Series. Multiple championships, owner's championships, driver's championships. But along the way, I think it was 2016, um, I read a story that it was like a, um, a, a date night. And I know it's not a date night, but you and a young kid by the name of William Byron went to a Buffalo Wild Wings to get acquainted. He was potentially going to be your next driver. What are some of the things that you recall about that first dinner meeting with William Byron? Yeah, so it was um, it was the winter of 2015, getting ready for 2016. Uh, we knew William was going to be one of our drivers full-time, and we knew Christopher Bell was going to be one of our full-time drivers. Christopher had been in our system for about a year running super late models, uh, maybe a little, a little over a year. And then, uh, and Jerry Baxter was running a team and I was running a team and we were both very successful. And Kyle said, you guys go out to dinner with these guys and figure out who your crew chief. And just like that, he said, I'm not picking, you guys go figure it out. So anyways, um, we, Jerry went out and talked to Christopher. I don't know what they did or where they went. And I said, William, where do you like to eat? You know, and he, I, did, I didn't know at that time, but he likes chicken tenders. So we go to Buffalo Wild Wings and we sit and we just, and I was like, all right, what do you know about racing? What's your experience? And just started to learn about him, you know, a little bit. And, and I was amazed uh, right then and there, he, he recalled races from three to four years in the past in the truck series. So William was at that time, wasn't just turned 18. So he would have been 14, but he knew, Hey, the, the pass or the caution that came out on lap 120 at Kansas in 2012. Why did you do this? And I'm like, okay. So that was, that was a wake up call that, you know, it's like, okay, this kid really studies, he knows his stuff and, and he may not have the experience, but if he works this hard, then we can, we can do anything, you know? So, um, and, and that's kind of how we just all aligned, you know, and I already knew Christopher, but Jerry and them had a little um, history together. So it all worked out and we went our ways and off we went racing. Yeah, I think the, the story with William was fascinating to me, and I covered him when he ran Legends races, and, and he didn't run at the summer shoot long. He had a win or two along the way. But, you, man, you had a guy that had very limited seat experience, but a good work ethic, as you mentioned about, and a great studying ethic of the sport. Um, it, it's fascinating to me because historically that's not been necessarily the way to come up the ranks, but he kind of set a new trend in the way a lot of people are pro approaching motorsports now. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I think I think it's spread throughout because lots of drivers I had after him were like, well, I want to study like William. I got, I'm got i taking notes like William. I'm going to do this like William, you know, and they're all like, I don't know how they found out about all that stuff, but they he set a trend and it, it became way, the drivers started preparing at that age way different than they had in the past. And and so he, he set a tone on how you do that, what you do, how you prepare pre and post race. And, um, and, and you have to be fast too. You can't just study and do okay you got to be fast you know and that's the one thing about he won that K&N title um and he won a bunch of races and if you put him out front he was going to win you know and and that's kind of like okay this is this kid's strengths and, and this is what his weaknesses are and how do we speed up the weaknesses and how do we feed the strengths and uh we just we paired well together and it, the first win happened way sooner than I think we expected I think it was race four and then they just started going one after another after that we won seven of them Seven wins that season. What a year that was. It really, truly was. Um, so fast forward, you have 
dinner or a meal with William at Buffalo Wild Wings. And sometime last fall, you sit down for another meal. This time it's TGI Fridays. Um, describe the conversation, what that was like, the thinking about reuniting with him this time in the Cup Series at Henrik Motorsports. Yeah, the difference was is I, I feel like if you were going to go to the date night thing, it, yeah. the first one I was courting him and the second one he was courting me, I guess maybe. Oh, and, yeah. and so that information was was different, you know. And so the, the first meeting, I was feeding him information about the trucks and the, how it was going to go and NASCAR and, and how to be successful. And the second one was like, I need you to give me experience on what is the cup series like right now? You know, what's Hendrick motorsports like? And, and is it gonna, the biggest thing with hang up with was always, is it going to be a good fit for my family and what I need to do and, and how we can go? So, I mean, we can only be, we all have two sides of our lives. You got a family and you have work and you need both of them to mesh together or none of them work, you know? So, um, and sometimes one tugs on the other for, for what needs more time, but it, they have to fit together. So that was the biggest thing I was trying to find out. Uh, William was like, okay, you know, how long are we gone? How long are the guys working? What are they working on? What's, is it a happy environment? Are they, is everything, how do, what is it like to work there? You know, and, um, and that's what that meeting was about. And I got all the information and it took a couple of weeks and, and made a decision. Neat stuff. That's for sure. The acclimation to Hendrick Motorsports, I can't imagine as, as and KB and Kyle Busch, a fantastic truck series team. This is not a, this is, this, this is, they are top shelf with where they're at, but walking into Hendrick Motorsports, the complex, the campus, uh, you've got guys like Alan Gustafson, Cliff Daniel, Greg Irwin, you got Chad Knauss, who you're actually replacing atop the pit box. What was that acclimation period like with the team and with the individuals you worked alongside over there? Yeah, it's definitely intimidating. You know, the first time you drive in and and it, it's not a building, um, it's not two buildings, it's a campus. Like you said, there's, I think, you know, officially, I think there's 16 buildings, you know, we're not using all of them, but officially there's like 16 buildings. There's this huge pond, there's walking trails, there's, it, it's it's amazing. You know, there's an Exalta building that um, they paint cars in and they do a bunch of sponsor activation. It, it's a beautiful building. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an absolute college campus or however you want to describe it. It's amazing. You know, so you pull in the gate and it's, and your jaw drops and, and, and that's intimidating. And then just meeting a lot of these guys for the first time. I knew some of them. I ended up knowing more people that work here than I thought I did. Um, but, um, you know, that, that whole, how is this going to go? Is Alan going to be easy to talk to? Is easy to approach? How's Chad to talk to? How's these, you know, and, and you just, um, you worry about those things, but after a few days, it was, it was pretty easy. You know, everybody is very inviting. Everybody wants to see you succeed. Um, everybody is a huge team aspect, you know, and you, you always worry about that is like, okay, is it four teams or is it one team? And, and this is definitely one race team, you know, and, and we're all happy for each other. We all work together and, uh, it, it's, it's an awesome place and it's helped me get up to speed quicker and it, it's fun to come to work. You mentioned getting up to squeeze uh, up to speed quicker, getting a win at Homestead. I know you wish you had a few more, but how important was it? How nice was that to just check one off uh, real early third race of the season? Yeah, no, it's awesome. We had we had a rough Daytona two week, two weeks there. Uh, set on the outside pole really fast in the duel. Thought things were going to go easy. Wreck early in five hundred. Um, the you know, starting the back at, at the road course and struggle um, with some different things there. 
And then to go to Homestead, start in the back and come through and just kind of, you know, do our thing like we know we could, it just gives me confidence that, okay, you, I guess maybe you do belong. You know, we got more work to do. We got to get better, but, but you at least know how to do, to win a race in the cup series. So that was cool. Um, and, and then we got to, it gave a little bit of relief of pressure on winning so we could build our race team. And I feel like that's what we've done to this point for sure is, is we rolled off a ton of top tens at the tail for that top tens. We were getting a ton of top fives and up until the last couple of weeks, we've been running in the top three or four um, for a consistent basis, you know? So we had a struggle in Atlanta. Um, we had, we had a wreck that happened in road America that took us out of contention, but up until then we were, we were running up front and had really fast cars. And um, I think if we do that regularly, you're going to win more races. So um, that's what we're trying to learn how to do and, and keep a whole team. It takes a team to do that. It takes pit crew, driver, uh, me making calls and, and us preparing cars. So um, that's going, going well. Getting back on the pit box at Daytona with William, um, was it like riding a bike? Was there a lot of familiarity? Was there difference in that? Um, the way, yeah, the, our communication just picked right back up where it was, you know, yeah. so, um, we were able to spend a lot of time this off season and just, just able to easily talk to each other. And that's, that's, what's great. You know, any kind of relationship, when you have a problem, you want to be able to talk to the, to the other person and, and be able to say exactly what you want to say without having to sugarcoat it or worry about if you're saying something wrong. And, and that's, that's what we do easily, you know, and I think that's no matter thick or thin, strong or you know winning or or finishing 20th and struggling in atlanta we can get together know we're all working on the same thing together and not blaming each other so um it, that part was like clockwork rudy you talked about the conversation you and william had at tgi fridays about does it fit you does it fit that balance of life we are in a strange spot and we've been in a strange spot in NASCAR for the last couple of years. Okay. With the, with the, the, the coronavirus and everything else, we're in a strange spot now where there is a two week Olympic summer break. How does that fit into the balancing family and home life with the, with the work life? You, you're, you're going to get some time off during this time period to enjoy the family time. Yeah, no, definitely. That's um, kind of looking forward to it. You know, I'm really excited to get to Loudon and, and end our, first half of the year on a uh, strong note, but also looking forward to getting a week off. So we're going to get a family and we're going to go on vacation for a week. So it's going to be good and spend some time and, and kind of um, just put things in perspective, you know, and kind of relax a little bit. You've got quite the clan with four kids there. Where's the, where's the vacation taking you to? We're actually going to Yellowstone. So we like going to national parks and doing stuff like that. So it's uh, I think it's kind of rewarding. And uh, like I said, you can kind of think about things and you can, sit up there and look at the view and about how, how small we really are. I read in your bio on Hendrick Motorsports page that hiking is one of your hobbies is, 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 uh, uh, you know, I know Alan has his bike riding and everyone has their thing. Is, 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 is that your go-to spot? And are there, are there places you prefer to go or do you like to go to just a variety of different places when you want to go hiking? Yeah, no, it's definitely one of the things we'd like to do. So our um, youngest is now seven. So now, ever since the last couple of years, when they've gotten old enough to kind of clam around and you don't have to carry them everywhere, um, it's been, we've been doing that and liking it. So um, we all love it. We like seeing different things and, and going and seeing different places and, and, seeing, the, and seeing the United States. So, um, you know, even on weekends or a day off, we try to get a state parks around North Carolina around here. We love doing it, you know, even if it's, a redo and we've already done it. We, it's one of the things we enjoy to do for sure. 
Yeah, I, during the off season or the spring, one of the off weekends um, on a whim, I'm doing some running and on a whim, I went over to the Uari uh, forest over uh, out the other side of Albemarle. And uh, I just, I, I've, I've, I've never really done a hike. I mean, I used to as a kid all the time. And yeah. I'll tell you, man, it was just a spectacular way to spend a Saturday afternoon. I'm just yeah. getting out in nature, just really, really neat. It was great because I looked down one time when I got there, my cell phone didn't work and I left it in the car. Yep. And uh, that's a real blessing. It really is. That is really neat. I agree. Yeah, we, we actually go that over that way a lot, too. So um, there's a lot of great places in North Carolina within an hour drive of where we live that can you can spend a whole day and, and kind of relax, have fun, get some exercise, but also, um, you know, like I said, look out in the, in the in the view and just enjoy it. Finally, your other hobby is gardening. OK, is this uh, is is is. It, are you are you a gardener or vegetable garden? What 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 is that? The, this is me more of a helper. To uh, my my wife is getting big into it, but I I'm a helper. So I I do the tilling. Um, when uh, when some of the hard work needs to get done, I help, and I make sure that you know if if she's busy or my one of my sons is pretty big into it too. He's eleven. Uh, I, I make sure they got everything they need to do it. So we, we kind of enjoy it. Yeah, she. Uh, she teaches environmental science, so she loves that kind of stuff. Her dad was, uh, was a farmer in New York, uh, in, in kind of, so she spent, the, that's her way to connect to, uh, to what she grew up doing. So uh, I enjoy it as well. It's kind of fun to take stuff out of your backyard and go cook it right the same day. I have been, uh, I, that's, that's ironic because we talked about the hiking. I have a vegetable garden and I'm tomatoes and cucumbers like you would not believe right now. So uh, I we am enjoying well. every little bit of it. That's for sure. It's good stuff for sure. Yep. There you go. Rudy, it's been fun hanging out. We appreciate taking a little time out of your schedule. We wish you the best with the uh, trip to Yellowstone and uh, best of luck as the season continues on. But thanks for joining us here on Crew Call. All right. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. There we go. Ryan Rudy Fugel joining us here on Crew Call on Motor Racing Network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Well, as we talked about with Ryan Rudy Fugel, it is a pair of off weekends for NASCAR. Uh, Motor Racing Network and NASCAR returns to Watkins Glen August 6th through the 8th. 
Uh, we have four races up there with the Arkham Menard Series, the Camping World Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series. So a little bit of a downtime. We're going to continue on with Crew Call. We're going to continue on with uh, all of our programming here on MRN.com, our NASCAR Live program, and our NASCAR Today shows will continue on. So, hey, here's an idea during this down period. Binge watch. Yes, go back, watch some of your favorite Crew Call uh, guests and learn more about some of the folks on Crew Call or uh, some of the NASCAR Coast to Coast weekly racing drivers. There's all kinds of great stuff here on MRN.com. And so while we're in a little downtime from live racing, it's binge watching time. Do it in the air conditioning, keep cool and enjoy it and follow along all the time on MRN.com. We appreciate Rudy Fugel joining us here on Crew Call. More important than all of that though, thank you for checking us out and joining us this week on Crew Call presented by Hercules Titan.